but we've now got to then plot a path to become stable because we're not yet stable. But what we have is a great product, great people, and something with the the foundations by which to to be incredible if we have the right strategy and we continue to prioritize the right things. Welcome to our podcast series, Talk Straight, Think Smart with Howard Kennedy. I'm Lydia Christie, a legal director at the firm and your host for this series. My guest today is Chris Penn, the co-founder of Birch and a man on a mission to bring a very different approach to the hotel industry. Yes, I know what you might be thinking, a podcast by a law firm, how dull. But this podcast isn't about us. It's about the much more interesting people we're interviewing. Launching a hotel in the middle of a pandemic might not sound like a winning idea, but having been awarded Hotel of the Year, Chris Penn, co-founder of the Birch Community, is talking to me today about how they survived and what drives them to keep on going. So hi, Chris. Thank you very much for taking part in our podcast. Hey, Lydia, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very excited, as you might be able to tell from doing the podcast, but specifically doing this one with you. We've had lots of interesting conversations. I've known you for eight years, I worked out. Um, But before we get into it, for our listeners who don't know you, would you just be able to give us a one-line intro? Yeah, of course. Um, my name is Chris Penn. I am the co-founder of Birch, which is uh, a new hotel and hospitality company um, that creates escapes just outside of cities. And we foolishly launched our business in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> Perfect. We're going to come back to talking about Birch later on. Um But before we do, uh, again, for our listeners, uh, as I said, I've known you for a little while. Would you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, by which I mean kind of where you grew up and, um, you know, how how you kind of came to be where you are now? Yeah, okay. So so I've been in hotels for 25 plus years. um, And honestly, I've always felt embarrassed about saying that um, through most of my career because I've never particularly liked what hotels were or what hotels stood for, which is ironic when you're trying to build a career for yourself within that industry. Um, So I stumbled upon hotels because I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was 17 years old. And I had to do work experience, I was forced to do work experience by my school. And I decided that I would do one of the pre-chosen uh, work placements that were on a list from the school and I would pick the one that I thought was the easiest which happened to be working in a hotel so my career which has now lasted over 25 years was purely because I was lazy and wanted to do something that was easy <laughs> but then I ended up falling in love with and then wanting to be uh, a medium for change within in order to try and create something that was new and different in terms of a, an operating mentality, um, a, a human mentality in, in hotels, but also um, 
just to just to truly deliver to people what I thought was trying to be delivered mm. historically in hotels. So before you picked what you thought was that easy option of the uh, hotel work experience, what what were you like as a as a kid at school? Uh, as a kid at school, up until uh, up until A levels, I was really studious. Uh, I was very sporty. Uh, I was uh, a very keen football player. Um, I know most people say that they could have been a professional football player, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I definitely couldn't. But I did. I did play for Watford School of Excellence when I was ten and eleven years old. So there was some level. Is of that on your? There. Is that on your CV? Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like the only thing on my CV at the moment because uh, everything else is on LinkedIn. But um, uh, so 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 I was I was very sporty. I was very competitive, like ultra competitive, and so team sport enabled me to mm. to to kind of enjoy being uh, competitive, both with myself and with others. And I was very studious up until end of GCSEs. I did well to that point, and then I just got frustrated with being preached to, and I didn't particularly learn well by someone telling me. I learned much better by people showing me, mm. and school at that point when it went into A-levels was much more self-teaching um, mm. with some lessons, whereas I really needed someone to kind of walk me through it because I, I need to logically process relationships between the things mm. that I'm doing. And I was doing economics, maths, um, and German, all three things which I really enjoyed, but became more and more difficult as it became more complex. Mm. So then I, I started to get a bit lazy. So, and, and you mentioned also about being sporty and competitive. Um, and as I say, because I've known you, I also know that you are one of, I think less than 2000 people who've swum the English Channel. Um, solo. solo solo that's a really important that's word a really important i've missed part. out the the crucial word solo um i know that uh you came once uh into the firm to talk about the experience of swimming solo across the channel um and i remember it because it started off with me being in tears with laughter when you walked in with your speedo and your swimming hat um and then i was in tears at the end of your presentation uh, when I saw the emotion, because there was video footage of obviously you doing it, but um, are you doing any recent challenges like that at the moment? Uh, look, I, I've, I've, I've kind of what I said at the start and then what you've alluded to there, is I've always had ambition to challenge the impossible. And the, the channel was one of those childhood dreams that you then attack and you you kind of put your belief in yourself, but you accept that there's a chance of failure. And then I did it and it was incredibly emotional. Um, and just the, the most, just incredible personal experience and mental experience that I've ever been through. And for me, that was really important because um, understanding our minds and, 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 and being able to, to create positive outcomes of, of something which can be very negative, and I definitely find that myself, was really really beneficial for me but also um kind of just just really made made me full of positive emotions um like I've never had before um so so there's always been that challenge but you, you do something like that and you have an immediate downer thereafter and then everybody goes what are you doing next what are you doing next and I had made a conscious decision having launched um uh a business under someone else's brand 
and working up. I, I got to kind of a point in my career where I'd I delivered other people's visions for a long period of time that I decided that my next endurance journey was going to be to start up a company from scratch with no money, fool, um, and <laughs> see if I could build my own visions in in hotels. So therefore, therefore, what's my endurance uh kind of challenge at the moment is is just staying alive in a, a new business and and then there's all the other stuff that I do in endurance on, on, kind of on the side so I'm, I'm kind of doing uh Ironman 70.3 level at the moment so half Ironman or what used to be called half Ironman and just wow. really enjoying competing in that kind of level which feels achievable and something which is uh, attainable but but it's not that's not the the endurance goal. The main endurance goal is just stay alive and build a company. What very quickly? What does a half Ironman involve? Uh, it involves one point nine kilometers of swimming. It involves ninety kilometers of cycling and a half marathon. Oh, oh! So my my ten k that I did a few months ago is nothing much to talk about at this point. It it, it depends on your baseline and your personal <laughs> circumstances, and it's all relevant. Good, good, good response. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. Saying, Chris, 25 years in, in hotels and uh, uh, the story of being 17 and having that, that first work experience placement, but um, getting into the early stages of your career in hotels, can you talk a little bit about your early roles in hotels before you then progressed into the more senior roles that I that I that we'll talk about as well. Yeah, I, I started off with experience-based training. I was given a management training program, uh, but without any formal qualifications other than uh, experience-based progression across every single role that there is in hotel keeping, and so I learned warts and all the front line of how to make a bed to um, clean linen to um, to carry bags to to deliver service to answer telephones um, absolutely everything that there was um, to know about hotels and and I felt at that time that that was the best way to move forward rather than to go to university sit in a classroom and be told um, by someone, how to do it, but not be shown how to do it. And, and based on my my brain and how I like to learn, that, that, that seemed like the, the best thing to do. So I, I, I spent two years doing a management development program based on experience. And then I basically became a very young assistant manager, which to all intents and purposes meant that the people that were older than me at that point and had worked alongside me, then had to call me Mr. Penn when I was a 20-year-old, which is just <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Um, so I went from being Chris to being my dad within the space of six months. And then these poor people that were still my peers at best, they were they were way better than I was. They were way more senior than I was, but I, hold, I held some keys, which made you a duty manager. Um, had to, in front of um, consumers, say, Mr. Penn will uh, help you with this, uh, which, which is utterly ridiculous. But that's the industry that I walked into, and that was part of the, the issue which I foresaw in terms of 
these very outdated dictatorial mm. kind of systems within hospitality that had been accepted as the the new norm because of the the traditional past mm. but without a a sense of where consumers and consumer expectations were going mm. so um which was which was very different to this Mr Penn environment and the subservience of that mm. so so i i i spent some time with with that company and i became a deputy general manager um at the age of 24 what that meant was basically i could ask about numbers but wouldn't get told numbers but i got more keys um so i was able to open more locks and um i, th- I think I, I, some of the the main things i remember from from that role were um looking at a boiler system that was um pissing out a load of um brown water without the ability to talk to someone in maintenance and just trying to adjust pressure myself because i just hoped that it would work which really is stupid but that was what that was what to me duty management was was just like trying to make everything work in the best way that you could and then dealing with customers on sunday morning and saying sorry we've never experienced that before <laughs> oh yes of course but no we've never experienced that before <laughs> and the next weekend going through the same same things um and and then then i progressed into uh more senior roles once i started um moving into london which yeah. i i did after 8 years of kind of development yeah cuz cuz uh, i met you uh i i think it was around 2013 when you became the md at the ace hotel in yeah. london um and uh how many keys were you given for for that role <laughs> Well, at that point they changed they changed key systems so you, they actually made there were no keys. technology right <laughs> yeah. so i was only given a card and i didn't know how many keys it unlocked so how are you supposed to know your level of seniority if you don't have keys in your hand i mean <laughs> it was ridiculous that that was what made um joining a new company that thought in a very different way um which which in itself was um an interesting and challenging development um period for me mm. but also then not being able to hold keys i mean god what what's it all about i know i think i think you used a card to get in and out of the lift as well if i remember rightly uh that was only for you lydia because um oh. because security <laughs> were concerned um, as to where you would go and what you would do well well on i uh, i i'll remember that um but what what were the milestones you remember from your time at at the ace So Ace was Ace was a very very incredibly positive and developmental mm. time for me um but it was also a time whereby I had to deal with a lot of crises which maybe I wasn't expecting to have to deal with one in particular which was which was major so the positivity was I I spent years in an industry thinking there must be a different way I feel so different to the consumer that I am serving that I every day I have to act I have to uh, there's such a gap between how I live and how these people that 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 spend 500 pounds a night at, at at the hotels how they live which means that I can't truly connect with them as human beings and serve them because I don't understand them but I can act um I can't act very well by the way but um I I can act um for my for my job so so i i i was an actor that then realized with ace that actually being yourself and breaking down the barriers or the force fields that surround you not only enable you to build better relationships with the consumers and build this kind of idea of peer to peer service 
which actually was incredible for you as a, mm. uh, a producer, if I call it that, like people in hotels, and then the consumer, it just broke down all those barriers and enabled you to have fun, laughter, connection, relationship, um, and, and, and long-term with, with, with consumers. The second thing was then with team, it also enabled you to really bring incredible personalities and let those personalities be themselves. And, and, and therefore, it was very uplifting from that perspective. Yeah. Speaking of fun, which you mentioned, and moving on to Birch, which is what um, I'm really interested to hear about as well, because it's been such an incredible couple of years for lots of reasons with Birch. But Birch is described, I think, as a fun fair for adults. Um, so that suggests to me that you've, you know, used some of the things that you're describing in terms of the d- development and, and your your style and way of doing things. But tell us about Birch. And uh, you, you alluded earlier to how you wanted then to progress from, you know, developing other people's ideas to, to your own. And how, how, what were your first steps in, in setting up Birch? So, so yeah, of course, uh, it, it was, as I say, incredibly developmental. But what it taught me was that the feelings that I had inside that actually the industry could be different and didn't need to be this heavily male-dominated dictatorial style business where control lies at the top and then everything else underneath is subservient both to the leader but also the consumer, that actually there was this this incredible playing field of opportunity whereby relationships could be built and humanity could be delivered in a, in a far greater, more diverse and ethical way that would create sustainability both in terms of um, buildings. Um, uh, I'd worked with a, a, a private equity company on the, the, the ACE and the mm. um, Shoreditch transaction. So not only could it bring good real estate returns, because there was levels of EQ in the business, there was levels of kind of experiential things that were valued greater than just the bottom line, um, which was beneficial to then funders. But also, in terms of building experience and building longevity, it was just an incredible formula. And there were so many things that I had had thoughts around in terms of my personal life, particularly mental and physical well-being, um, the importance of humanity, um, and this 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 the where the the world was going that was maybe stripping people of some of the joys of just being and mm. you know life and nature and 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 humans that i i thought it would be really really good to to build things that really brought to the front well-being and humanity and tried to found a company more more generally to start with um with a view to just help people improve their lives by for, your interventions yeah for people who don't know either where birch is or, yeah. or 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 what it offers how would you summarize in a, in a in a few lines where it is what it is i i described it as the fun fair for adults but you are probably gonna be able to uh, much more eloquently <laughs> explain it yeah you described it as a fun fair for adults then i spoke <laughs> for about two minutes not answering your question but just to give a context uh, of where we were heading thank um, you uh, but but yeah absolutely so so is it a fun fair for adults well what it is and what it intends to be is a uh, a place where you free yourself from the shackles of modern life uh, a space where you don't get judged where you can be yourself and you can express yourself and there aren't too many rules 
And there's a load of nature and things that you can do. And you can eat well, you can drink well, you can play well, you can um, make friends, meet friends, um, and be together experiencing things in any way you want. Or you can just go and get naked in the woods if you want. I mean, do, just do whatever you want, but just be free from expectations, judgments, and the shackles of modern life. So Birch is an escape outside of the city that is accessible in three ways, location, experience, and um, now I've forgotten the third. Uh, <laughs> location, experience, and oh, uh, price point. So, so what we're trying to do is deliver an incredible value for people that want to escape a city but do not want the, mm. the historical issues of driving for three and a half hours to the mm. Cotswolds, getting stuck on the motorway, leaving on a Friday early from work, rushing work because they know they're mm. going to get stuck in traffic. Then by the time they get there going, what time are we going to leave on Sunday morning? Because mm. um, we don't want to be in, on the way back. And going, if, if there could be a place where you could be free that feels like a festival, you know, that freedom that you feel when you go to a festival where you can listen to music, you can do a bit of yoga, you can um, just just have incredible connections with the people and the, the arts and crafts around you. Wouldn't it be great if you could do that within 30 minutes from London um, and you could do it 24-7, 365 days uh, a year. So that's that's in essence what Birch is. So is that is that a yeah. fun fair for adults? Um, well, we like families as well. So it's not just about adults. It's about, mm. it's about anybody that wants to just, just find, find time and reconnect themselves with themselves or others to just, just come and come and escape. And I've certainly seen really glowing, positive kind of reviews of of birch since you have been able to reopen which we're going to come on to in a minute because i know that as i said uh in terms of when you actually launched you've been hit by as as all businesses and particularly hospitality has been massively hit by what's happened in the last few few years um but i'm always so pleased to see um and following you you guys on instagram all the positive reviews that you've been getting yeah thank you I I mean, we we have been in crisis mode now for mm. eighteen months, which is really sad when you when you you spend the first three years of going out on your own, developing new ideas, trying to find real estate, trying to find investment, mm. building brands, um, and and then you get you get your first chance to to build something physical because I have so many business plans that then didn't become physical, but but still may become physical. But this one then became physical, it became real. And then we were due to open on the 2nd of April back in 2020. And we were forced to lock down when we had trained all the staff, done all of our pre-opening and spent all of our cash. Um, we, were, we were forced to shut two weeks before we were ever due to open. And when, there... did, when did you know that that, oh, oh, sorry, Chris. When did you know that, so in that time scale leading up to opening, that this that this you know the covid and lockdown was going was going to hit you uh, about one week before we were closed mm. so we we knew we knew there was this thing as everybody mm. did we we knew there was this thing initially it felt like it was something that was someone else's problem overseas then it started to come closer mm. but then you just felt like well we're just going to have to be sensible and then people people might change their behavior slightly but then suddenly when the government went no everybody's shutting down 
nobody could have foreseen that. And there was very little, um, there was very little notice of that. Mm. Um, that 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 then the the point at which you then go the 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 sacrifices that you make in your first three years getting off the ground actually creating a business that could ultimately pay your salary forget everything else but just pay your salary to live properly um, as well as enable you to deliver on the promise of trying to improve people's lives by building experience it, it was just all taken away and so therefore we were forced into crisis but being honest and I'm very very proud of the fact that we're still alive um, as a business um, and that we've survived the pandemic but we're still in crisis because we, we we still have to come out of the back of the legacy of the last 18 months which has meant that then there's you know cash requirements extra cash requirements there's challenges in terms of ramping up the business and and stabilizing it which are then impeded by uh, all of the other factors that have been thrown at us um, collectively as a society and as industry through mm. through the pandemic. So if I were to come here and say, yeah, everything's rosy, it's brilliant, and we've done well. We've done well. We've done incredibly well to, to survive. We, we were recognized as Hotel of the Year just 60 mm. days after we opened, when we were opened the second time, um, with with misfiring the first time um all of those things are absolutely incredible we've created a great business but we've now got to then plot a path to become stable because we're not yet stable but what we have is a great product great people and something with the the foundations by which to to be incredible if we have the right strategy and we continue to prioritize the right things in mm. the next few months and years. What, what what would you say, Chris, has been, if you were to identify kind of one um, aspect that's really led to you having that success during what has been such a difficult time? Uh, what, purpose. What? Purpose. I think, I think, I think purpose is everything. Uh, when I, when I went out on my own, and uh, this was off the back of a lot of the stuff that I'd learned from Ace and just Ace being great human beings to, to be around. And and Alex, um, just in the early days of me saying, what is Ace? And him saying, well, it's just about like finding good people and them finding good people and being with good people. And, and, and as simplistic as it sounds, um, that was his like purpose was just to just find incredible people, great people, people with good hearts and just the rest will do, the rest will do, um, what it needs to be, but purpose is the thing that um, it's the thing that you can constantly push back to and go. I wanted to create a business at the start that was just helping people mm. um, to 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 feel better and improve their lives in some way, however we could do that. Because then that purpose then flows through your veins, becomes the reason why you get out of bed when sometimes your brain is telling you actually just to hide under the covers in in crises. Um, it's the thing that then gets other people to stick with you when you're questioning the ability to be able to pay them through challenging mm -hmm. times. It's the thing that then makes consumers, when you launch, go, there's more to this than just a transaction or a place to stay or something to engage with. There's, there's, a, there's a belief and there's a connection because these people are real, they're human, and they care about things. So, Is that, I mean, that's that, that, there's a lot of it's a community effectively as well as 
as is as is the word that you off that I'm you know you hear and read when you're looking and reading up about birch that it that it is a community um which seems to be in line with what you're describing in terms of the people that you have around and who who, who are working there who are who are coming there um would you agree with that yeah i think that it, it was intentional that we never used the word hotel yeah. when we built this brand and when we launched the business because Number one, as I said before, I, I really struggle with what hotels are. And I was in inside going, what is a hotel and why confine yourself with this, this kind of slightly outdated perspective of what sits within that box of what a hotel is? So, so why not forget that? Why, when we design things and when we think about the, the experience and the way that we work, if we use the word hotel, we'll make loads of mistakes um, and we won't necessarily connect in the right way with people and we won't build... This, this sense of belonging, this sense of purpose and this sense of community. So when we were thinking about our URL, we said we need we need something that doesn't say Birch Hotels, Birch Resorts. Um, we need something that says there's something more to this than, than hotel, but also that then when we are building our business, that we're not using the word hotel and then confining ourselves to that mindset, which is is not correct for the, the space in which we find that we're moving. So therefore, community, is it important? Yes, of course it is, because without people, without staff and without consumers, we are nothing. So if we don't place an importance on community and on relationships and on the, the, the connection between producer and consumer, then as we're nothing, we're, we're gone. Mm. So, so purpose you've identified as being the key um, factor. Um, you must have also had to be incredibly agile, or, or were you already? Was that already part part of your business model and the way you you found you founded this concept anyway? Uh, so, so I think there's two two answers to that. So, we could never foresee what happened, mm. but I understood. I understood when I went out on my own that if I wasn't agile, I would fail. And I, I was very specific about uh, a space in which I wanted to create a brand when I first started. And, and I very quickly realized that because I couldn't quite get the real estate, the investment and the brand to sing together, that if I didn't become agile at that point, which was probably within the first year, then I would never create anything physical because... Um, I wouldn't be taking account of the the failings of a specific vertical and moving across maybe sideways to move forwards or backwards to move forwards. So I, agility has been something that I had to understand very quickly in going out on my own because my personal cash had gone. I, I didn't really have any ability to pay myself. And so therefore, I just wouldn't have been able to continue. Mm. So agility was built in the foundations of the three years or two and a half years pain of trying to stay alive without a physical business, but with lots of ideas before we had our physical asset. So therefore, when the when the pandemic came, as much as we had a sense of where we were going, agility was always there in our minds of, but if you if you just stick to that and don't change and don't adapt, you're dead again. Like mm. there's, there's no ability to move forward. So agility, 100%, like it had to, had to be part of, the basis by which we we built a, a business that could survive 
anyway and become become a business to then launching a business and being able to survive a very difficult um, mm. circumstance. Mm. But when when did the agility come in? I think it's always been there. Mm. Um, it just needed to be really hardly tapped into at, at that point. Mm. Well, and it still you. does. And it still does, Lydia. It, mm. it still does. Every single day, there are many, many challenges that are, because we're an unstable business still there, there are still many things that could trip us up so that agility is incredibly important now still yeah it, it, and and i think businesses that have been able to in, in in all different ways get through the last couple of couple of years um being able to respond quickly um so being set up to be able to respond quickly which involves lots of different um moving parts has has been key thank you very much for telling us about birch um, and uh, we're going to move on now to something fun. So we like to uh, ask uh, quick fire questions to our to our guests, and so I'm now going to uh, give you some quick fire questions. Which so, I- so you like to trip people up, is what you're saying, Lydia? No, no, we don't like to trip people up. I'd like to ask for you not to overthink it in any way and just to say okay. the first thing that comes to your head. Oh, God, why did I agree to this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> like that? That could, If you don't want to answer, that could be your quickfire answer to any of the quickfire questions. Here we go, first one. Best hotel you've stayed in? Oh, God. Like, <laughs> if, you, if, you want, if you want quickfire answers, why do you ask me a question that takes me hours to think about? No, I, I don't like hotels. I don't stay in hotels. I like Airbnb. <laughs> Thank you. Zoom meetings, here to stay or a distant memory? Uh, Here to stay, there's a place for them, but they should not replace human interaction and good team relationship. I'd I'd agree with that one. Would you rather, this is a game my daughter plays, uh, would you rather grow your business, sell your business or start again? Uh, be Be realistic about... The business in which I am and act accordingly uh, at the time and I have no idea at the moment because we are still in crisis mode but what I know is I need clarity on that in order to be able to to lead the business through the next phase whatever that may be. Thank you I think I know the answer to this next one but I'm going to give it to you anyway what would you rather invest more in right now people or tech? People. I got that one right in my head. Uh, and final final question. When it comes to decision making, are you perfection every time or launch and learn? Perfection kills you. Um, so launch and learn. Make mistakes and learn from them, move forward. And don't be a perfectionist because otherwise you never get anywhere. Thank you very much. That was it. That was those were good quick fire answers, and we didn't get a oh god, why did I do this podcast answer? So I think that was a pretty good round. Thank you very much. Glad I could be of service, Lydia. Well, thank you ever so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I've really enjoyed it, um, as always, when we have conversations. So thank you very much. Not at all. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. So there you have it. The highs, the lows, and most importantly, the purpose that continues to drive the Birch community.
This podcast was recorded in November 2021, when many businesses, particularly in the hospitality sector, are still in crisis recovery mode. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you're listening from to find out who our next guest will be. Thank <laughs> you.